0: Hey y'all, happy Thursday. This is a bonus episode that I am beside myself <laughs> to release. I sat down with author Christy Nelson. She wrote the book Wake Up Grateful that I am utterly in love with. I've gifted it so many times to my friends, family, and community. And I literally cannot wait to be, oh my gosh, on virtual stage with her next week. We're going to be talking about all things grateful living, and there's a 50% off coupon code in this episode for you. I would love if you joined us for the Wisdom 2.0 conference. It's a stunning event, and I hope to see you there. Take good care and enjoy this bonus episode with Christy Nelson of Wake Up Grateful. Hi, I'm Alex L., and I write books for a living. The Hey Girl podcast was created with sisterhood and storytelling in mind. Hey Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Join us as we journey through sharing together. girl
1: Hey girl.
0: Hi Christy. How are you today?
1: I am just divinely aligned with this opportunity and so happy to be with you. This is just heaven on earth right now.
0: Oh my gosh. I feel the same way. I mean, I've I told you this already. Like Wake Up Grateful is just a stunning collection of work and I cannot wait to talk to you about it. But before we get started, please let the Hey Girl listeners know who you are and what you do.
1: Well, I'm so many things to so many people in so many ways. Let's see. So I live in Western Mass, Christy Nelson, just turned 61 years old, feeling fabulous, way better than I was at 40, by the way, just Mm. was telling somebody that. And I'm the executive director of a network for grateful living. And our uh, website is gratefulness.org. And we're all about being grateful. So that's my work in the world. I'm just a I'm really feeling so much gratitude today, just for this moment, for the sunshine, any little thing that I can be.
0: So I want to start off with how you opened your book. And we're going to flow and talk about self-care and also talk about gratitude um, and gratefulness and how they are different because Mm -hmm. that blew me away when I read that in your book. But you opened up the book talking about your journey with, with cancer and how that really transformed how you were showing up in the world. So can you walk us through your transition to grateful living and how it's played such a vital part in your life since then?
1: So yeah, stage four cancer when I was 32 years old, and I start the book by saying, not dying changed everything. And I try to hold that attitude, that internal space. I try to greet life that way every single day because every day not dying, changes everything every day we get a new day opens all possibility honestly and i'm of the maya angelou mind of and heart this is a wonderful day i've never seen this one before so that's just one of my driving quotes which is to get up every day and have that experience and yeah You know, not dying was amazing. (laughs) And then what I realized is I lost sight of that the longer I lived, Alex. So I try to use gratefulness as a reconnection with that deep source of appreciation for the fact of being alive every day that I'm alive and every moment that I can. And it's my compass. It's my true north. It's my path. And there's so many different ways to kind of pull ourselves back, but it did really change everything, being aware that life is a gift and it's not promised to us. And so who are we to treat our days with some kind of, you know, either neutrality or disdain or judgment Mm. or quarrel with them or whatever, when we're getting another day and how many people in the world who are no longer here or who are about to leave the planet would give anything for one more day. So that's kind of how I hold it is grateful. Living is really living like it matters. That's Mm. how I hold it.
0: I have a question there because I agree on so many different levels. And as someone who came from the bottom, now I'm mm. here <laughs> mm. to honor Drake and his quote, we started from the bottom, now we're here. I don't know yeah. if you've heard that song, but it's yeah. my jam. But no, in all seriousness, like energetically, spiritually, I didn't want to be alive anymore. Mm-hmm. I was so sad and depressed and felt unloved and all of these different, really like harmful feelings. And I remember the day that switched for me, I had, just become a mom. And I knew that I wanted to give my little one the best version of myself. And I also wanted to show up and give myself the best version of myself. And I felt so lost because it's like, no one taught me how to do this. I'm literally winging it and I'm making a choice to be different. And I don't even know what that choice means. So for folks who have, who may be still going through illness or mental health struggles, mm. or just being sad and depressed, and maybe feeling like I did at one point, like not wanting to be here because it feels too hard. Mm -hmm. What would you say to them about reframing their heart and their mind to make this radical choice to live and to celebrate each new day being this sacred awakening for us to try again? Mm -hmm.
1: So beautifully asked and said, you know, I think it's, Different for everyone. Right. So I love your story about how it woke you up Mm -hmm. to have a little baby. And I think we need wake up calls and how do we wake each other up and wake ourselves up? How does life wake us up? Sometimes it's ways that we don't choose, but to the fact that there's all of this opportunity that really waits for our big yes to life. Like on some level, how do we make ourselves more of a yes to life, to our lives. And for me, a lot of it is, and I can speak from my own experience, but also I know that so many other people have their own paths to this. And it's so often unexpected, the things that turn you around, but it's often facing that truth that even if we don't want to be here, like, here's the deal. You can Be driving down the road and feel like I have no reason to live. And I'm so depressed and things are so hard for me right now. And I think we've all been like, I've been there and you're in your car. And then, you know, a Mack truck goes over the top of your car, Mm -hmm. (laughs) a huge 18 wheeler. And you spin out and you're on the side of the road. And quite literally, metaphorically, it can be a Mack truck or literally a Mack Mm -hmm. truck goes over your car. And you're sitting on the side of the road. And all of a sudden you say, oh my God. I can't believe I'm alive. Mm. This is unbelievable. And suddenly, like, I can feel it in my body right now saying it to you. Because even absent that joy for life, the opportunity to remember that we're mortal, and that nothing is promised to us, and to be reminded that it can go in the flash of an eye, like the blink of an eye the flash of a star, we can be gone. And I think those kinds of awarenesses wake us up. And yet we can also cultivate perspective that helps us arrive at that without hurting ourselves so much as like the Mack truck, needing the Mack truck. So Mm -hmm. I think those perspectives are, what are we staying connected to? What are we in touch with outside of ourselves? What helps remind us about what matters the most about our, our kind of privilege at being alive, um, about the poignant of being here, getting perspective, getting to the mountaintop, Mm -hmm. seeing it all. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's a book, sometimes it's travel, sometimes it's a movie, sometimes it's a song, sometimes it's a conversation, but we need to go towards those things that help us wake up.
0: I was in a moment of meditation this weekend and something that keeps coming to me while I'm awake and while I'm sleeping is this question of who are you without yourself? And the answer that came to me this weekend was I'm no one without myself, like Mm. I need myself. And for someone who spent years out of their body to be Mm. in conversation with myself in that way and have that realization really. Gave me chills because I'm like, does that even make sense? Like, who am I without myself? I'm no one without myself. And then I had to remember, no, you quite literally remember when you were no one to yourself. Right. And I'd love to get your take on that question. Like, who are you without yourself? Perhaps who you are now can play a role in that. And maybe your former self as you were moving through cancer and then living. And then I remember you talking about in the book, how you kind of had to get back to living Mm. in gratitude and gratefulness because you had survived and life started picking up its pace as it does. So who are you without yourself? How would you answer that?
1: I just want to go meditate on that for a while so I get the same (laughs) advantage that you are having right now, like having sat with that question. I think it's the deepest question ever, right? I think you're really on the pulse of Mm -hmm. one of the questions that matters most. And there's both, there's these truths, which are one truth is we are everything without the self Mm -hmm. because we one with everything and we're never separate. Right. So we belong in, there is some great existential oneness to which we belong some big mystical embrace of belonging to which we belong there. That's true. Right. Mm -hmm. And within that one's self and really going from, especially like a, if we've had an experience of self-loathing to self-loving, the distinction is so profound. And then we are everything with the self. We are all things. Instead of I'm nothing, it's like I'm everything in myself because I'm connected to everything. And this beautiful word I used the other day, this term self-possession, to be self-possessed. And it's like, there's kind of a, a self carriage There's a, a grandeur, right? I think of Maya Angelou. I think of Toni Morrison. This is a grandeur to self-possession, how a kind of statuesqueness in our bodies and uprightness, how we face the world, that beautiful way of being embodied. Then we are everything. And can I just read a quote to you? Because it comes to me, yes. it's in the book and it's not yes. mine, which is great. There is this beautiful quote and it's by Nayira Wahid. And this is in the chapter called treasuring the body as it is. And we can substitute self for body in this. And I said to my body softly, I want to be your friend. It took a long breath and replied, I have been waiting my whole life for this. Oh, goosebumps head to toe. Ah! And I'm going to substitute self. And I said to myself softly, I want to be your friend. I took a long breath or she took a long breath and replied, I have been waiting my whole life for this. It's about Mm -hmm. communion Mm. of all parts of ourselves with one beingness in love.
0: I love that. I am everything. I just, so good. That's (laughs) what being not
1: nothing is though. Right? So
0: when you say, if you're not nothing, then then you're you're everything. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Moving forward, you you speak in the book about the difference between gratitude and gratefulness. And when I first read the comparison, I I, I almost threw the book. I was like, who is this person? (laughs) As someone who practices daily gratitude, it's like, but there's a difference. Mm -hmm. And you broke it down so just matter-of-factly, and I would love for you to explain what the difference is between gratitude and gratefulness to those listening.
1: All right, let's, let's do this. <laughs> so there's so many different points of distinction, but what I'll say, how I'll approach it at first here is gratitude is transactional it's how we've learned it i receive something that i want something happens to me that i want from outside and i have gratitude and i can write it in my gratitude journal and you know and it's something that's externally produced and provoked and it's something that's usually a fleeting experience and it dies on the vine pretty fast (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know typically and it's highly conditional right so we're walking around Even if you're a gratitude junkie, you're waiting for the next thing to happen Mm. to you or for you that gives you gratitude, even like the green light instead of the red light, right? Like I want those gratitude inducing experiences and life doesn't deliver them consistently or constantly. Goodness, that's just that's the truth. So here's the deal, how I describe it, how we describe it in terms of gratefulness, how brother David, who's one of our founders talks about it is gratefulness waits for nothing. It just waits for us to be awake, to notice life, to be attentive, to have our eyes open. And therefore gratefulness is an internal orientation. It is ours. It's a way of greeting life. It's a way of being that we can bring to everything. And it looks for what serves us. It looks to remind us what matters. It looks for beauty. It looks for learning. It looks for love, even in the hard spots. It looks for growth. It looks for all these things. And so gratefulness is an internal orientation to life. It's something we can cultivate and practice, and we don't need to wait for anything for it to be ours. We just need to own
0: it and bring it. So I've purchased like 10 or 15 copies of your book. (laughs) (laughs) This is
1: just amazing.
0: Listen, I cannot even believe I'm talking to you. Like I am so, if you ask folks who've been in my course community over the past year, like they're probably like, talk about Wake Up Grateful one more time, Alex, because (laughs) that's how much I've been talking about it. But I do want to express just how necessary this collection of work is. And also ask, what did writing this book, teach you about yourself and about your story? I know it's so different, you know, holding it in our hands than it is during the manuscript writing process. What has each step taught you about this book? And what do you want the world to know about? this
1: Mm, Thank you. Great
0: question.
1: Coming from someone who's published five books, and I'm a first time author, I feel like it should be the other way around this question. Um, (laughs) But you know, first time authors, it's a radical experience to write a book. It's Mm. for me, it was so hard on so many levels. And the writing, it was challenging and it was also the assembling of it, right? Because there's a lot of components to that book. That book's trying to do a lot of things and it's trying to offer a lot of gifts and a lot of tools and poetry and philosophy and all these things. So the writing of it was pretty extraordinary and a deep, deep dive into myself that wasn't always pleasant. And it really tested my commitment to gratefulness as an orientation, which is what all good work does, brings you back home to yourself and you have to say, oh, wow, you know because you can abandon ship and a lot of people do they abandon their writing all the time because what they're trying to say doesn't hold up so the first experience was the writing of the book itself Retaught me what i needed to learn and deepened my experience of it so that it was a lived truth inside of me so i can speak to it now without note cards you know that it makes it it makes it real and it wasn't that when i started began it but it became that, and that's so beautiful. Mm. So now it's in my heart, in my cells, It's something I can speak to extemporaneously. And then the book took shape and became this thing, you know, it gets edited and then it gets put out in the world and it's got the cover, it's got, it's got the title, it's got, it's got each word that's in there can never be changed, right? So unless you go to some, you know, millionth printing or something (laughs) and you can get another chance, but this is what it is. And so for me, it taught me about letting go of control. It taught me about birthing a group grown adult. Who could walk away from me and say, I'm off on my own journey and you're going to have to deal with however it is that I am held, however I'm greeted, however people feel about me, it's going to come home to you. And then for me to, to do that deep work of unconditional well being in the face of whatever comes in the face of not knowing, Oh, you know, that sense of expectancy when you put something out in the world and you don't yet have the feedback and then whatever feedback does come to resist receive it as graciously and open-heartedly and learn from it as you can just whoa it's like so much of life if you dance with it wholeheartedly it's got everything in it that you need to learn and so for me right now in my 60s I never had children of my own I didn't birth my own children this book was a birthing of sorts and a profound privilege to have something that will exist no matter if I get hit by a bus tomorrow or live to 65. I take nothing for granted, as you know. So yeah. it's like, it's going to live beyond me. And it's an extraordinary blessing that I truly do not take for granted. It's a gift.
0: Mm. And that is legacy work. Yeah. Book writing is legacy work. Art making is legacy work. And I say that often to folks like write that book
1: love helps plant us so much more deeply into life gives us the roots we can lean into
0: wow that is amazing mm. and that is the truth so before we wrap up we have some exciting news to share with folks mm. um, we are going to be speaking together at wisdom 2.0 thank you so much for asking me to be your moderator i cannot wait to chat You're with welcome. you
1: i'm really excited thank so, you for saying yes
0: of course oh my gosh of course so tell folks about what they can expect at Wisdom 2.0 in like shortly like what it's about and what you're going to be talking about and how I'm going to be there to support you and anything else you want to share in regards to that happening on what the 26th
1: 26th, Friday, the 26th. So this is a two-day conference that's been held, oh, at least 10 years now, more than that, um, in California, in person, usually huge, huge thousands and thousands of people. And it is focused on basically spirituality and mindfulness and how they connect to business and technology. And the arts and all these things. And so, you know, the most amazing thing is who they have gathered. So this year, uh, Tarana Burke is there, who founded the Me Too movement, Byron Katie, uh, John Cabot Zinn, Justin Michael Williams, who's a musician, Pete Doctor, who uh, created the movie Soul. Oh my gosh. Oh, Rhonda McGee. Wow. Yeah. Rich Fernandes. He's amazing. Tammy Simon, Sharon Salzberg, and me and you. <laughs> and, and us and then us. So <laughs> so there's just these extraordinary people. You got to go on the website and check it out. So it's wisdom to some. It's wiz, go to wisdom. Just type that in. And then I have a cool thing, which is I have gotten a code just on Friday, which will allow people who listen to this and want to register to get 50% off the registration fee for the two day conference of these amazing, amazing, there's a whole session on relationships. There's a lot of stuff on how we embrace one another in this big embrace in our world right now. It's so nourishing this work. So I would recommend people go and here's the code that you use when you register. When you go on and you click on the register button on the top right, and you go to register through Eventbrite, you get the opportunity to put in a code. And our code is A-N-G-L, ANGEL, A Network for Grateful Living. It doesn't have the E in it. A-N-G-L. And you should be able to do that. And if you can't, you can... email contact at gratefulness. And there's, we have a URL. Basically, here we go. Alex is going to share the code with you about how you can go to a direct link and it'll give you 50% off the registration fee. And we are talking together Friday night at 6 PM Eastern time, 3 PM in the afternoon on Friday, the 26th. And you just check in on zoom and you will have had a great day if you've been on it so far and you'll keep going if you want to, but come join us. We would love it.
0: Yes, we would. And I'm, again, so grateful to have spoken with you today. Cannot wait to connect on the 26th. And before we go, I have one last question to ask you. Mm. If you were mentoring your younger self, Mm. what would you tell her?
1: Just skip over all this self-disowning, self-loathing stuff. Mm. Go right to the good stuff. It's a distraction and you can just speed, get on the the fast lane to self-love. It doesn't require anybody's permission or anybody's approval. Just go.
0: Thanks for listening to the show today. Please rate, subscribe, and review. Also, feel free to share with a friend. We love having our community grow. Music is by DC Zone Kokai. The Hey Girl podcast is produced by Wayne Bertram and me, Alex L.